Hello, hello, you're vibing with Kyra's Keenan Westcott, but hey, you can just call me Kai. Welcome to another episode of the Vibe with Kai podcast. I'm all about flipping the script on mental health, turning tough topics into open conversations, and shining a light into the corners where the sun doesn't always reach. Now, whether you're an introvert, an extrovert, or somewhere in between, I'm here to engage, entertain, and educate. I primarily vibe around ADHD and introversion around here, but I'm not afraid to tackle all corners of the mental health landscape. I believe that a good laugh can be just as therapeutic as a good cry, so I sprinkle in a little humor like confetti because, hey, why not? Life's a party, even when it's a bit of a chaotic one. So with that said, sit back, grab your favorite beverage, maybe even your favorite fidget toy, and let's start vibing. Hello, Vibers, and welcome back to the Vibe with Kai podcast. Today, we are in for a treat. From film journalism to lighting up the comedy stages of London, our guest today is none other than the legend Alfie Noakes. Alfie is a former film journalist who transitioned into the eclectic world of stand-up comedy, eventually carving a niche as a comedian, promoter, and renowned comedy coach. With over a decade of experience in the bustling London comedy circuit, Alfie's Uh, His shows have uh, become a staple uh, and drawing in crowds every single night of the week, showcasing both budding and establishing comedy talent. His profound observations on neurodiversity within the comedy community has led him to champion a unique perspective on the connection between comedy and mental health. As the visionary behind the We Are Funny project, Alfie has nurtured over 1,000 comedians through his transformative workshops, online courses, and personalized coaching sessions. Above all, Alfie's mission revolves around emphasizing the power of laughter and its therapeutic potential, ensuring that every comedic voice, no matter how divergent, finds its place on the stage. Please welcome my friend Alfie Noakes. What's up, man? Hi, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Did you like that intro? Did you like how I did that for you? I thoroughly enjoyed that. You covered a lot of territory there. It makes me sound I... extremely interesting. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think I think you are very interesting. I you know, as soon as you sent me an email and you you were like, "Hey, this is who I am." I would I think I would be uh, a a a good part of your podcast. I was like, and I'm like reading. I'm like, yeah, oh my god, no, this would fit perfectly. Like into what what you stand for, what I what I'm all about, and at the end of the day, just trying to make people. Um, have a little levity find a little levity in in this dark world that we that we live in today so thank you so much for talking with me i want to get right into it man um you mentioned that in in one of your bios i saw that you see a lot of neurodiversity in the comedy community can you can you elaborate on that what do you see from your from your angle well the fact is that people are neurodivergent by definition approach the world from a slightly different angle whichever way Mm -hmm. you, you consider that to be yeah. Uh, if I had to name one uh, scenario, probably autism is is mm-hmm. particularly common. And autistic people, obviously, there's a spectrum, but they mm-hmm. see the world from a different angle. And many right. of them are able to kind of transpose that and turn it into mm-hmm. comedy. Some of, some of my uh, favorite acts, some of the more impressive acts, uh, are very open about their autism. Some, I suspect, mm-hmm. don't even know they have, have it. And I'm no doctor. Mm-hmm. I can't diagnose it. What? I've seen enough of it. <laughs> I've seen enough of it in the past. <laughs> To be able to see that people can take these slanted views yeah. of the world, which is just wonderful fodder for comedy. Right, right, right. And it's I think it's a common uh, ideology and, and thought out there. Well, maybe it might not be as common as as you and I may think, I guess. But I, I know that it's it's a very uh, well assumed uh, thing that there's a high percentage of comedians that that address their mental health on stage without even the audience really probably even realizing that they're addressing their mental health on, on stage. How do you 
when you're doing your coaching sessions with comedians and 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 all of that, how do you get them comfortable enough to discuss mental health and, and their life on stage and finding a way to make it funny in a way? I will let me be clear. I will, I've never taken that angle when I'm coaching somebody. The way it mm -hmm. typically begins is they send me a five minute or a ten minute video of a performance, right? And then I'll break it down. You know, acknowledging things such as there's been too too much of a gap between punchlines. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. here's an issue you haven't drilled into deeply enough. So mm -hmm. I don't necessarily coach on that angle at all. I really don't. But mm -hmm. what I will often observe is there's uh, kind of two avenues that comedians who are neurodivergent might take. Sometimes they decide to make it a topic to speak about, in which case mm -hmm. I would just coach them in the same way as I would anybody else, which is very often about, well, let's go deeper into that. What, mm -hmm. What's that like? What would be a parallel to that? Can mm -hmm. we get a human story that you've experienced? You might find ourselves exaggerating it for comedic mm -hmm. effect. We can go that way, but the um, the issue, the mental condition is up front and center and being spoken right. about openly. And that's become much more common in, in certainly the last decade. Right, um, right. And other people, um, you know, there's a, there's a hack joke in comedy, you know, where the comedian will maybe reveal something rather personal and say, mm -hmm. just so you know, folks, this is my therapy. I can't afford a therapist. Mm. Um, I don't like that line. I encourage mm -hmm. people never to use it. It's hack, it's right. overused. But if they don't add that line at the end and they're sharing something and being open and personal, so long mm -hmm. as the jokes are there, that's a perfectly clear avenue. What I'm not mm -hmm. fond of, and I see occasionally, are comedians who will make some kind of personal pronouncement, but there's no joke attached. It's a statement oh. of fact, I have ADHD, I have bipolar. Mm -hmm. um, it could be something about their sexuality. They just right. announce it, but there is no joke there. There is no insight, mm -hmm. there's no observation, there's no human story. And right. really, that's not comedy. That's just a pronouncement. So I would always, always mm. encourage, if you want to go that route, it's your story, it's your stage time, any way you like. But there must be jokes attached. It is, after all, comedy. Right, right. And so what about what about you you personally, right? How, how do you find the ability to just uh, to make people laugh yet still stay truthful without it necessarily being like pronouncements, as you were saying? How do you find a way to, to find your sense of truth while still doing the job of entertaining people? Is that do you find any difficulty in that? And if and if so, what do you struggle with the most? Uh, no, I don't find any any hardship with it. I am absolutely first and foremost an MC, uh, not really a mm -hmm. comedian. I mm -hmm. did a few gigs many, many years ago. But right, I found right. my home as an MC and as a promoter and a booker and ultimately right, right. a workshop runner and a coach. Um, but as an MC, I will tell stories from my life. What I'm trying mm. to do is when the act is on that I've just introduced, I'm listening very closely to what they're mm. saying, but I'm also paying close attention to what the audience response is. And then I set a challenge for myself to try and find something funny to say that relates to something the comedian just spoke about. So right. there's, like a, mm -hmm. there's a segue there, there's a flow. And if the comedian's done brilliantly as an MC, my job is just mm -hmm. to bring down the energy a little bit, give kudos to that act who did so well, mm -hmm. but bring the energy down just a bit, reset the room so that the next act comes on to a fair playing field. So right, just right. telling stories from my own life is mm -hmm. really uh, very much my domain as an MC. Sometimes it veers into very personal territory. Sometimes mm -hmm. just pure silliness. It depends on my mood. It depends what mm -hmm. the platform of the act on before me was. Um, right, you right. know, any everybody's got their own stories. I often uh, will teach new comedians or people thinking of giving comedy a go because I believe it's got a lot of value in uh, building self-esteem. It can also be a rocky road if you have a hard gig. Right. 
and some people don't have um you know the emotional balance to necessarily take that on mm -hmm. so it isn't for everybody but for mm -hmm. those who persevere it's a wonderful opportunity to build self-esteem and what i'll mm -hmm. often teach is rather than just going to a blank page and trying to figure out what funny things you can write down that's not a way to approach it look mm -hmm. at notions of your firsts and your worst your first mm. job your worst date the worst holiday you've ever had just list those things down inherently there's funny things in there people mm. are a little bit more inclined to laugh at uh, the misfortunes of others as is the history yeah. of comedy slapstick yeah. and onwards you know the three stooges and everybody yeah. somebody falls over you know custard pie in the face and onwards Shattenfreude at its best right yes exactly right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously that can be delivered by the comedian in their own yeah. voice in their own tone in their own reality always right. with the option to exaggerate and manipulate mm -hmm. the tale right um, so yeah what are your thoughts on uh do you, do, do you think that comedians should ever speak about something that they don't have to personally deal with like for example like i like i myself i'm diagnosed with adhd uh uh depression anxiety right do you think it's fair of me to speak about people with like let's just say uh bipolar or ocd and make a joke out of that in a way do you do you feel that that's crossing a line or do you think that people should just stick with 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 what they have to go through i'm entirely of the opinion that everything is open to comedy mm -hmm. everything However, mm -hmm. we need for audiences to understand. Well, first of all, I'm I'm constantly shocked about how often audiences seem to believe everything a comedian says on stage is necessarily true. That's just <laughs> craziness. It really is. You know, people yeah. coming in through a door under the sign comedy club. You know, it's not <laughs> all confessional. It is designed to yeah. make us laugh, and therefore being ridiculous and surreal and all these elements is part of the ingredients right, um, right so the target of the joke and the subject of the joke are very often two different things so mm. i don't believe people have to necessarily stay in their lanes men can make observations about feminism for example mm -hmm. if they're being horrible about it and just just bad then that <laughs> will speak for itself you know it really does um, right. So it really is up to the audience to, to have some understanding of was the viciousness meant behind there or mm -hmm. is there a, uh, almost a satirical take on this where you've taken a, a standing cultural assumption and been able to mm -hmm. spin it on its head somehow and give us a new take into honesty. My favorite comedians historically, mm -hmm. the George Carlins, the Bill Hickses, mm -hmm. um, you know, even today, Bill Burr, a current yeah. comedian, very often when I leave the show. I'm like, I've got a new opinion on that, or or at least mm. I need to dwell on this a bit. I'd assumed mm -hmm. X. They've just pointed out to me why right. exists. Right, I don't believe right. comedians have to stay in their lanes, but mm -hmm. it does make, to a larger extent, to speak from more from one's own experience. Right, right. You 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 talked earlier about uh, uh, like self esteem and 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 you know kind of alludes to like the bravery side of of stepping onto a stage and just putting yourself out there and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um. I know that you're like an MC, but that still comes with its nerves and it's and that like you were talking about personal things that you might bring up sometimes and uh, in relation to the comedian that was just up there or, or is coming up and things like that. But how do you how do you handle your nerves, your anxiety, your fear when it comes to stepping onto the stage? What are your what is your thought process before you step out to start the show? Uh, to be honest, I've been doing it for so long and I am seeing mm -hmm. in my own room. I don't suffer from those nerves anymore. I haven't for over mm -hmm. a decade. Yeah, um, yeah. Where where I can speak to this is when I'm um, coaching with new students, and, and that's mm -hmm. one of their number. Probably the two issues that come up the most with comedy students, and for example, just to demonstrate this, 
you know, we will, I run a workshop about clowning. I don't teach it. Uh, my mm -hmm. good friend Dave Thompson teaches that. Dave played Tinky Winky in the Teletubbies. Oh, just nice. As an aside, okay. So he knows about clowning. <laughs> yeah, and, just, just all of it. <laughs> yeah, so I run all of these workshops. Uh, I teach a few myself, but many are yeah. taught by other professionals. And it almost doesn't matter what the subject is. The students always want to ask about hecklers, for example. Mm. And hecklers are extremely rare, but it's just mm -hmm. something to address them look it's not something to worry about but right. everybody is anxious about doing comedy particularly in the early days it is nerve-wracking which is why it's mm -hmm. so valuable in the early days those first gigs aren't really in my honest opinion about getting big laughs if you can get a few laughs you you're doing great mm -hmm. what it really is is about showing yourself that you've got the courage and the guts and the gumption to get up on stage and do mm -hmm. it once you've shown right. yourself that then the easier part is adding the jokes that come later. And there are certain mm -hmm. tactics that you can apply to uh, managing those nerves. One, I point out to my students is describe to me in your body where you feel fear. You know, what, mm. what, what's the actual physical symptom of the fear and the nerves you're, right. you're enduring? They give me whatever answer they have. They're usually rather similar, student to mm -hmm. students. And then I ask them to do the same. Now tell me what excitement feels like. If you're about to say mm. get on a roller coaster or you're going on a first date with somebody you find especially attractive and you know, you're going to yeah. try and do the best you can. And yeah. the, the physical uh, reaction is almost the same. Nerves and fear and excitement are very close to one another. Mm -hmm. So I try and teach my students to try and shift from what they consider to be fear to excitement. And then, mm -hmm. of course, there's basic breathing exercises and the like. Right. But the fact is, it's just having the courage to get up there. Most people don't have the courage to get up on stage. They just don't, mm -hmm. which means the second you leave the stage after your first gig, you've just entered an elite group of people that have the courage to do not just right. public speaking, but public speaking to strangers with a, with a design to mm -hmm. make them laugh. That's no yeah. small thing. And forever yeah. in a day, you'll be able to carry that away with you and have a sense of pride when you think back on it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you, th I know this is an age old adage here, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, do you feel that laughter is the best medicine? No, I think probably antibiotics are the best. Medicine. <laughs> I was um, hoping you gave that answer. I was hoping you gave that answer. I want to set that one up for you. Um, no, it, it, laughter is a medicine amongst yeah. many elements. I mean, I got into comedy at an incredibly hard time in my life. Mm -hmm. I was bankrupted after the 2008 banking uh, mm. uh, global economic downturn. So mm -hmm. I was in a very bad place at the time. And mm -hmm. what came afterwards was what kept me going. I made a brand new bunch of friends, fascinating people, discovered this new community um, mm -hmm. and, you know, gave me a real focus of things to go through. But no, it's not the best medicine. It is a medicine and it's really quite potent. Right, right. Um, from an audience perspective, like, cause I know we talk about like the comedians a lot and we'll continue to talk about that in a second, but from an audience perspective, why do you think people turn to comedy so often when they, they just, they, they feel like they're missing something? Why do you think we turn to like, not even just stand up comedy, but just like, uh, TV shows and, and movies and stuff. Why do you feel like that's always the easiest thing to turn to, as opposed to maybe watching a, a sad movie where the, you know, where the guy is going through the same shit that you're going through and so, so, stuff like that. Why do you feel like it's, it's always easiest just to turn to comedy? Well, not just comedy, but it's entertainment. Mm -hmm. It's it's mm -hmm. one tier of the entertainment spectrum, and it's being described as the opiate of the masses. You know, mm -hmm. real life is hard. We all know it. Mm -hmm. So if you can have something that takes you out of it for half an hour, an episode of a sitcom you love, or mm -hmm. 50 minutes of an album that always gives you something, uh, Marvin Gaye for me, or whoever mm -hmm. it might be, 
And yeah. if you can have a whole evening out, you know, whether it's a, a, a visit to the movies to see Barbie or Oppenheimer right now, that's mm-hmm. two, three hours of your life where you just get to forget mm-hmm. all your troubles. And this is what you yeah. what you get to focus on instead. Comedy is an incredibly live, vibrant experience. Any comedy you watch on television on a screen in any form is always something in the region of 70% less than it was in the room that night. Mm. There's an energy here for the live experience, which is much more akin to a music concert other mm. than, say, the cinema, even though I just drew that parallel. It's a chance just to take a break from the, the grind of real life. And where else are you going to have more actual fun, where you are laughing out loud routinely, minute, minute, minute after minute, for an entire two or three-hour show? Yes, it's magnificent. Uh, yes, Oppenheimer was hilarious. I'm kidding. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was as a laughing hour, wasn't it? A laughing hour. <laughs> it was funny because as you were, uh, as you brought up Oppenheimer uh, as an escape, I was thinking like, yeah, man. Escape the escape the world of uh, the issues of today. Let's talk about the issues of yesterday, <laughs> just just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but whatever it might be. Yeah, no, serious, I know what you mean. Though, yeah. whether it be serious or comedy, yeah. you know, I'm mm-hmm. a huge. I used to make documentaries. I'm a huge fan yeah. of documentaries. I watch many documentaries on very serious subjects, often yeah. grim subjects. But the fact mm-hmm. is, for an hour and a half, I was out of my own life and focusing on yes. this story, this issue. Yeah, um, but nothing yeah. more probably alleviating than laughing. You know, three or four, three or four times a minute. For yeah. a couple of hours, that's, that's yeah. an extraordinary experience. And it there's is. an energy yeah. in the room around mm-hmm. you that just can't be captured on, on camera. Right. Like, speaking of comedy captured on camera, do you feel that the the world of comedy has changed at all since the introduction of, like, like uh, TikTok and Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts and, like, this, this short-form content that's really taken off the last couple of years? Do you feel that comedy has changed at all because of those platforms? I must say, I'm not particularly plugged into those social media platforms. I'm, a, I'm more mm-hmm. of an old media guy. I worked in mm-hmm. television for, for 13 years. I worked in radio. Yeah. Um, of course, I'm familiar with them. I have a teenage son. I think more mm-hmm. often than not, it's a platform for the comedians to drop some of their very best jokes, show mm-hmm. that they're good, and build up an audience mm-hmm. and buy tickets later, raise a profile. What mm-hmm. I do fear a little bit is the open mic comedians, people maybe within their first five years, they spend mm-hmm. as much time formatting for the right aspect ratio and mm-hmm. trying to get likes and follows. When it's by definition, you know, your earlier stuff often isn't your best stuff. You're going right. to leave this stuff out there. If you spend that time trying to get followers and likes on mm-hmm. actually writing better jokes and gigging more often, mm-hmm. then after however many years you're going to have a much higher standard of material and you're not going to be haunted by what you did five years later coming back to you when you weren't <laughs> right. quite as good. Um, right right i mean joe rogan's shown that you can have a long form show and people <laughs> have that attention we just spoke about yeah. Oppenheimer. that's a three-hour yeah. movie and people yeah. 700 million dollars it did last by the end yeah. of last week mm-hmm. so people have the will to do it i think yeah it's, uh, it's an appetizer it's like the movie right. trailer right but it right. is no replacement for seeing the structure of the longer form show mm-hmm. the energy of the room and it also sadly leaves out a certain type of comedy which is more storytelling which mm-hmm. is where you weave somebody through an adventure that right. lasts two minutes five minutes ten minutes right that right. doesn't really lend itself to the the tiktok format so right, it's got right. its place. It's, I'm not being yeah. a grumpy old man about it. It's got no. its place. It's another element, but uh-huh. it's nothing close to the experience of coming to a live comedy show. I will 100% uh, agree with that, actually. And uh, there's actually been a number of uh, comedians that I've I've followed on some of these platforms uh, where they're they're funny on the platform, but then I see them in in person. And it's just like a different 
it's a different vibe. It's just different feel. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like the person that we saw that was on like a curated, highly edited, you know, comedy thing. Not saying that they're not funny. It's just like a different feel. And I could tell that some people were, I, I don't want to say disappointed, but they were just like, okay. Uh, and, and, and I found that really, really interesting. And I'm curious, like to your, and the way you just phrased it makes perfect sense. You know, a lot of them are, are either just getting started or they're just being found. And, uh, and it's a, it's a new world for them. And so I'm very curious to see what, how they like take that feedback from the audience and then continue to grow as comedians. I love that kind of stuff. I love watching comedians like grow from like where they were to, to like where they are in the future. Like I love watching that stuff. I think it's great. Um, and speaking that's of probably, that, that's, yeah. that's probably where my specialty comes from. I've been right. you know, running open mic rooms for 13 mm -hmm. years. So I've watched, right. I've watched over 500 people do their first gig. I've yeah. staged about 10,000 different people yeah. and I've had this kind of uh, close uh, view of what it takes for them to build through. Some people mm -hmm. disappear in the first year. Some mm -hmm. people learn the hard lessons and they keep on plugging away. And mm -hmm. those guys and girls have moved on to, you know, professional status. Right, um, right. It's a, it's a broad church comedy. It takes mm -hmm. all sorts. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. those who win will persevere. Right. I want to make sure that before we go, we talk about the We Are Funny project, uh, uh, because I, I think that's really, really cool. Uh, what led you to to start this and 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 what where can people get more information about it? Well, the hub of everything is the website. That's wearefunnyproject.com. Um, we run a couple of shows a week here in London. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Luke and Paul are now the uh, resident MCs in the house. Mm -hmm. um, during lockdown, I created two online courses, um, one for beginners, people are either thinking of starting comedy or what I consider phase one. It's that first year of comedy, mm -hmm. probably up to about 100 gigs approaching your first top five. So if you're early mm -hmm. days or thinking of starting it, that's a course called Stepping Into Stand-Up. And then I did mm -hmm. one for MCs. And then most recently, I kind of drew, while I've been coaching, what I find really interesting is I'd often teach uh, comedians, look, you're the world's lowest budget film director. Mm. You're coming up with the images, the ideas, the stories, the hooks, and then you're planting those images in people's minds. And then I realized, because I was a film journalist, that that concept extended even further. Uh, new comedians are not just their own um, producer, director, story, but they're also their own leading role. And then they're also going to have to navigate all sorts of aspects of things that film production has to deal with as well, whether it's hair, makeup, and wardrobe, marketing and publicity, critics, reviewers, competitions, agents. It's all there. So I created this course for advanced comedians, uh, mm -hmm. people certainly past their first year, which will hopefully show them how to uh, generate more material, come up with fresher ideas, but then navigate the scene all the way through to being able to get their own agent at what which point the agent should be able to look after them. Right, um, right. I'm running regular workshops here in London. Um, and then there's a, a blog. I, I, I write a couple of blogs mm -hmm. a month, lots of free information for people there. So the right. idea, it's called We Are Funny Project because 13 mm -hmm. years ago when I set it up, I knew it was going to be more than just the live shows then. Um, mm. and so it is workshops, courses, uh, and, and all of, and all of these resources for comedians, right, right, and and for anybody that's listening or watching right now that uh, is interested in, in getting all that information, I'm going to include uh, the links to everything that he was just talking about in uh, in the description of this podcast. So that way, all you have to do is click. Le legitimately, go check it out because it's, especially if you are a a uh, comedian that's looking, or if you're somebody that's looking to get into comedy, if you're even just curious, if you want to you know, put dab your foot in the water and just see if it's a thing that you would enjoy, uh, this is the person you want to reach out to. This is because there's a wealth of knowledge here um, that that can that, that can help you. And with that said, my 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 last question for you is is this: there, there's probably going to be, um, 
young and or uh, aspiring uh, comedians, people that are looking to get into comedy that are listening to this right now. If they're on the fence, if they feel like, oh, I can't do this, I don't know, but I, I really want to, but I don't know if I can. If they're thinking that right now, what would you say to them? Then you absolutely must do it because it's something, it takes five minutes of your time for that five minute set, except it doesn't, you're going to write some material beforehand. Mm -hmm. It gives you some joy in the creative process. But remember, most of the night you're in that room, you're going to be observing people who are trying to make you laugh. You know, most people's first gigs don't go great. As I already mentioned, it's really just mm -hmm. about doing it. Okay. Worry about getting jokes later. Okay. But you're going to very quickly find a very friendly, creative community. And 95% of the time you're at one of these events, you're going to be laughing anyway at the other comedians. Very yeah. quickly make friends. There's a circuit. There's usually only a certain amount of gigs in an area. Very quickly, you meet this new community of people. And those friends are formed very fast, very quickly. And May I say this as well, actually? Yeah. It might not feel like this, but the truth is, if a gig goes badly, nobody cares anywhere near as much as you do. Okay? I've run so many nights where the acts have done very well throughout, but I do know this. At the end of the night, I've heard so many kind of audience members leaving the room, and one will ask you, who did you like the most? They never remember a name. They'll just go, the tall <laughs> guy with the you know, bright red shirt. He was my favorite. When you're at the entry open mic level. So while it feels so important to you, it isn't to anybody mm. but you, which means you can get over it quickly and return to it. And, you know, experience beat breeds brilliance, as with some right. things. So as Nike greatly said, just do it. Just do it. Just get out there. Just give it a Just shot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, Alfie, thank you so much. Like I'm, this is, this is a, a wealth of knowledge. And I would love to uh, have, have you back on one day because there's, there's some more uh, questions I want to ask you just about the state of comedy in today's world that I would love to get your, your insight on. So I'd love to have you uh, back on uh, one day in the future. Um, honestly, you friends. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my friends, if you are interested in, in, uh, in the, we are funny project, if you're interested in Alfie notes, all of the information is going to be in the description of this podcast. Just click, go visit, uh, shoot him an email, shoot him a message. He'll answer all the questions that you have. It's going to be worth it. I promise you Uh massive. Thank you to Alfie Noakes for, for sharing your wisdom with uh, all of us uh, listening and watching today. Uh, remember all of you out there, no matter uh, what, where you are, no matter what you're going through, uh, a laugh can help change your perspective. Honestly, I, I, I know I've personally learned that uh, a long time ago, and I'm, I'm happy to continue to spread that, um, you know, on my platform where I do try to find levity in, in, in situations that we find darkness in. So I, I, I want to continue to help make people feel better and validated and help them know that they're not alone. So my friends, keep vibing, stay strong, uh, continue to make the world a brighter place using laughter. Catch you on the next episode. As always, my friends, much love, good vibes. I'll talk to you later. Bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Vibe with Kai podcast. This is your host, Kai, hoping that our chat today was both informative and entertaining. Remember, there is no normal when it comes to mental health. It's all about finding what's healthy for you. And if that's vibing with me, well, I'm glad that you're here. I'd love to continue this conversation with you off the air as well. You can find me on all major social media platforms at The Vibe with Kai, or you can visit my official website at thevibewithkai.com. I'm here to keep the positivity flowing, the ideas sparking, and most importantly, to help everyone feel a little less alone in their mental health journey. Thank you so much for lending me your ears and your time. Keep those good vibes flowing and remember to love and accept yourself, ADHD, introversion, and all. Until next time, this is Kai signing off with a smile. Much love and good vibes. <laughs>